The New Testament has four big books about Jesus. There are hundreds of verses about Jesus, but there's two particular chapters that talk about the apocalypse. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to Inverse. We are into a Bible study about the last days for the entire quarter, looking at different sections each week. And in this episode, we're looking at Jesus' words in Matthew 24 and 25. Sebastian, can you pray for us? And we're going to get into the Word right afterwards. Absolutely. Let us pray. Our Father, we're so thankful that the end time is not just left to the interpretation and explanation of prophets and servants of mm -hmm. Christ, but that Jesus himself speaks to us about it. We pray, Lord, that you may help us to understand his mind, but also understand his counsel of how to be ready to live through these days. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 JT, Matthew is the book, 24, 24 is the verse. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Okay, chapter 24 is a powerful chapter yes. of Jesus. I mean, there's a, it's, I love this, it. this is the chapter. Yes. Uh, every chapter of Jesus is the chapter, but today <laughs> is the chapter. Yes. And we read verse 24. It talk about, talks about false Christ. Callie, can you can, can help us zoom out Yes. And give us, set it up for us. What's Jesus talking about? So chapter 24 starts out with Jesus looking at the temple with his disciples. And yeah. he, he points to them and says, not one stone will be upon the other. And the disciples are like, what? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when is this going to happen? How do we know it's going to happen? And all these different kinds of questions about the destruction of Jerusalem and the signs of his coming. And then Jesus proceeds to answer their question in a lot of details. And then he also has some parables. So all of chapter 24 is an answer to these disciples' questions mm -hmm. at the beginning of the chapter. Mm -hmm. This was a paradigm shift for the disciples, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, this was the temple. This was the magnificent building of all buildings. Yeah. And they're like, Jesus, we finally built it after all these years. And she's like, yeah. Not one no. stone will be left upon the other. <laughs> Killjoy. <laughs> so um, let's open it up here. Uh, Jump ball, what do you guys think in, in chapter 24? What, what's, what's Jesus getting at? Jared? Yeah, Jesus is um, just just looking through the the, the verse here. Um, crazy apocalyptic prophecy here of what's going to happen. Yes. Not not only first century days, what what would happen? What about forty years later? Right when the Romans would come in, they would surround the city, and eventually. The, what Jesus said would literally be true. As I understand this, um, the, the, the Romans are trying to preserve the temple, uh, but somebody threw a torch or something in there. Whole thing caught blaze. All of the gold that was in the temple melted down into the cracks, and the Romans, to get the gold, literally had to tear up all of the paving stones to get the gold out of the mm. cracks. So, so Jesus' words were mm. literally fulfilled in the first century. But also having an end time application because when Jesus is talking about the son of man or, uh, or returning as lightning that shines uh, forth from the east and flashes even to the west and he describes his coming in that way obviously that wasn't fulfilled in the first century and we're mm. still waiting for that so Jesus blends together um, 
uh, first century prophecy, but mm -hmm. at the same time, end time apocalypticism. Mm -hmm. So the same events mm -hmm. that, that preceded the destruction of Jerusalem are things that we also should be looking for as we wait for the second coming of Jesus. So there's a literal fulfillment of what Jesus actually said, but then this Jerusalem becomes a, a symbol, a type of, of the city of the last days of what will happen in mm -hmm. the future. Yeah, Let's actually read. Um, I love the, the setup that Callie and, and Jared did for us. Let's go read from verse four. Yeah, verse four. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm -hmm. um, can I pick up from verse nine? Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 15, Sebastian, pick up, please. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who was on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who was in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Okay, verse 23 to 25, Jared kind of read the context of that. Let's skip down to verse 29, and Jared, can you finish out to verse 31, please? Yeah, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels... With, the sound of a, with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, this is like a breather. Oh, this is a heavy, heavy, heavy yeah. chapter. Oh, yeah. so many things. Um, so many things <laughs> going on. So let, let's, uh, what, are, what are some observations that you guys see, at least from a cursory reading of this chapter? Well, I think the first thing that pops out to me is that when the disciples ask their three questions, right? What would be the sign of these things, the sign of your coming, yep. the sign of the end of the age? Mm -hmm. When you look in verses 13 and 14, right, that first section, um, we notice that he mentions the end twice, right? Verse 13, he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And in verse 14, he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So it was taking the gospel to all the world as a witness was the sign mm -hmm. that was answering their question of the end. Mm -hmm. It was not destruction of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So in their mind, even though they associated them, right, that, oh, Jerusalem destroyed, it must be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus said, no, it's actually the preaching of the gospel, which is what Jerusalem was supposed to be. It was the original blueprint of Jerusalem. Was supposed to be a witness to all the nations. So they thought the center of God's kingdom has been demolished. Oh, no, the end is near. And the purpose is thwarted. Yeah, but but you're saying this Jerusalem was was supposed to be the capital for which the whole world was supposed to be reached. Yes. Okay? Yes. So this way it gives impetus to evangelism, to Mm -hmm. going out and preaching the message. Yes. And Christianity going forward, not just in baptizing and getting people into the religious system, mm-hmm. but getting message of Jesus out there. Amen. Okay. Um, I really see this. I, I appreciate verse thirteen. He who endures. There's this endurance factor that that pervades throughout this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, we studied throughout this quarter about um, having the character of Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. I think that's really what the endurance factor is mm-hmm. is mentioning there. Um, any other factors that, that any other observations that you see? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking here at the first the first uh, few verses, and we're talking about false Christs and false prophets rising up. Mm-hmm. We're talking about wars and rumors of wars, um, nation against nation, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, all of these crazy things happening. And the skeptic will say, um, or thinking people are going to say, <laughs> who cares, right? That has been mm-hmm. happening forever. forever. Yeah. So we see these things, you know, happening, and this is supposedly the last days. Like, when have these things not happened, yes. right? But what Jesus is saying here in, in verse 8, it's an interesting little clue. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows, okay? Yes. So the word Jesus uses here for sorrows is uh, is describing the pains of a woman in birth. And I have to confess that I have never given birth, okay? <laughs> really? But I have a wife. You do. Ah. I do. And I've stood by her side twice, <laughs> right, for, for our two sons. And I can tell you... Um, it's painful. It's, it's it, yeah, it was hard on me, bro. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, but anyways, um, but yeah. So, but but you know, I'm there by her side, and and even before you go to the hospital, it's like you're expectant parents. Yeah. And it's like, should we go to the hospital now? Should we go to the hospital now? Like like let's yeah. go. And you get there, and they're like, listen, wait until their contractions are gonna get closer. They're gonna yes. get more intense until like five minutes, minutes apart, apart, and then come in, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. We don't want to see Absolutely. you again until that happens. What Jesus is saying is, leading up to this time where you see the Son of Man coming in power and glory, these events are like birth pains. So so it's one thing to have an earthquake. It's another thing to look at the, at the, the patterns of earthquakes over the last hundred years and see them increasing in intensity, mm. seeing them increasing in frequency, mm. um, and with all these other wars and rumors of wars, right. famines, pestilence, increasing. all of these things. So we can expect these things to continue to grow. Mm. And that is really the brilliance of what Jesus mm. says there that, that gives us an indication that we're getting closer and closer to his return. Mm. And that's profound because you're basically saying the contract are getting closer absolutely right and we're getting ready to deliver and no noticing those signs of that right the beginning of sorrow so it's like hey we're we're beginning ready to go to the hospital and then there's even further signs like the breaking of the water and things like that where in childbirth delivery you're like well this is another milestone this is another thing we cross to know that we're closer to that delivery okay all right sorry justin don't freak out bro (laughs) uh, stay with the text here stay stay in verse (laughs) stay in verse so i appreciate the emphasis is not on the event but the the frequency of the event Mm -hmm. yes absolutely intense 
Kelly, you're, just, you're breathing in. Um, I just, I just really want to comment on that because I was just talking with some coworkers recently, and we're just, you know, you talk about all these different storms going on and these different happenings. It's kind of like I can't even keep track of all these things, and that idea that it's almost like it becomes so common that you're like, oh yeah, another earthquake. Oh yeah, another thousand people got di mm, died. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Probably going to happen again mm -hmm. tomorrow. And that's just, it's just mm -hmm. showing how things are getting worse and worse. So, yeah, it's just another earthquake, but it's different, to your point, because of the frequency, the intensity, and, yeah, compassion fatigue, where it's like I have no more tears to cry because this mm -hmm. stuff happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, we can't allow ourselves to become desensitized yeah, to this Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. If we can wrap the, um, connect the observation that I see, a repetition factor, verse 4, Take heed that no one deceives you. And when Jesus says, be careful, should we be careful? Yes. I mean, he's oh, yes. placing some special <laughs> emphasis. Please and listen. he says in verse 5, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Mm. In verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And again in verse 23, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. Mm. So you see this three times that Jesus is saying, be careful, beware, false Christ, false mm. prophets. And this is kind of setting the scene for the last days. There will be false religions, false religious systems out there. On this episode, we're going to look at what Jesus has to say in Matthew 24, the events, and Matthew 25, how to prepare for these events. Stay tuned after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Matthew 24. Uh, we'll be looking at different observations here. Guys, let's go to verse 15. It says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by, the, by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, parentheses, whoever he reads, let him understand, and parentheses, it seems like Jesus is placing special emphasis on the book of Daniel. So there is a connection between mm -hmm. Daniel and Revelation, and then now Matthew 24 is kind of this hinge between those mm -hmm. three texts. What is this, verse 15, abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet? Well, one of the first things mm -hmm. you recognize, an abomination can be several different things in the Bible. Uh, one of the key things that abomination is an idol, right? Something dealing with a false god. Mm -hmm. And God is very clear in the Bible that he hates abominations. Mm -hmm. And obviously we understand that uh, desolation is basically that particular idol that is destroying or desecrating something that is sacred. Mm -hmm. So when you have this abomination of desolation in the holy place, right, which would recognize uh, sanctuary language, mm -hmm. you know, at that time for the Jews, which would be the first apartment of that sanctuary in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. um, you're looking at essentially the Roman gods, which they brought with them when they traveled, right? These mm -hmm. tributes to their gods, to their idols, mm -hmm. and essentially placing those inside those perimeters of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is where he says, when you see that in Jerusalem, right, it's time for you to go, mm -hmm. right? And they bring in their false gods and they planted inside the sacred space of God's holy sanctuary. You know, God would normally defend that, but clearly if you see that there, he's saying desolation is coming mm -hmm. and you need to go. Jared? You know, this is, this is interesting because um, when we look to history, the Romans actually came and they surrounded Jerusalem once and they implanted their, their Roman standard, right? Mm -hmm. The symbol of their, of their, their, kind their of pagan worship. Flags. Modern day flags, yeah. exactly. Right. And then for some reason, they pull away and they, they withdraw, they retreat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were Jews that, that came out believing that God gave them the victory. It was Christians that saw this and said, this is what Jesus told us about. Mm-hmm. They bounced out of there. And because of that, I believe it's Josephus that says, not one... Josephus, a Ro- uh, Jewish historian. The Jewish historian, yes. right, yes. first century. He says that, 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 um, that uh, uh, not one Christian perished in the destruction of Jerusalem in the first mm-hmm. century because they heard the word of Jesus and they applied it. Wow. That lesson, that lesson applies so you have a to a Jewish us. historian who's witnessing to the fact that the Christians all survived. This they event. saw the sign that Jesus gave. Mm-hmm. They obeyed His word, and they got out of there, and they were their lives were spared. As mm-hmm. a result. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's the, that's the immediate uh, fulfillment of this right. passage. Let's go to Daniel chapter eight, where we actually see where Daniel in Daniel Jesus is referring to. Um, let's go to chapter eight, verse. Um, verse 10, or let's go pick up from verse 9. Out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars to the ground, and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over uh, to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices. He did cast truth down to the ground, and he did all this and prospered. Now, what's going on here? This is a traumatic event that's happening in the book of Daniel. And we see that in Daniel chapter 8, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. You see there's a Roman empire. This is the Roman uh, uh, pagan mm-hmm. empire has gone out, and in verse um, 10, or verse, sorry, verse 9, is now conquering geographical ground. There yeah, is this right. horizontal expansion, mm-hmm. and at some point, this Roman empire kind of stops. It changes character and direction, and now it goes ballistic. It goes vertical. It goes upward towards mm-hmm. heaven. Now, right. the question is, can ha- any human empire really attack heaven? You know, you can't take a machine gun and nothing's going to fall down. The angels are going to fall down. So, this is a spiritual attack. And we see that we have pagan Rome switches over to papal Rome, the same Roman empire. Verse 10 there, verse 11, the, verse 10, it's attacking God's people. Verse 11, it's attacking even Jesus himself. And the Daily sacrifices are taken away. The place of a sanctuary was cast down. This is what's huge. All throughout the, 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 the New Testament, Jesus is upstairs in heaven right now in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. But there's another entity here on earth that's saying, no, he's not. He's here on earth yes. and creates these holy places here on earth. We find this, this to be the Roman Catholic denomination that, not the people, but the den- denominational system mm-hmm. has done this. But there's also other uh, systems out there that say God is not anywhere in heaven. He's confined to this place mm-hmm. and that we need to come to this place for him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's, it's interesting, sure. Justin, what, what you're mentioning, this, this attack vertically mm-hmm. and, and a desecration of the sanctuary. And really, we could see this as, as the, the church that sets up its own sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Looking back to the, to, the, to the Old Testament model of the sacrificial system and, mm-hmm. and everything else, where you have almost like a counterfeit sacrificial system every week in the practicing of the Mass and mm-hmm. some of these things, which detracts from what Jesus is trying to do in heaven to an earthly priesthood and rituals on earth which distract us from mm-hmm. our, our Savior. Mm-hmm. Which is also an expansion of the fact that this 
abomination of desolation, right, setting up as an idol in a sense that that's where we get this concept, you know, of an antichrist, of being in the place of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's also an attack on the concept of salvation, which the sanctuary was there to teach the Jews mm -hmm. of how they become at one minute with God and become reconciled with him. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about the very idea of attacking the sanctuary and casting it down, you're casting down Jesus's ministry, you're dealing with his intercession, you're dealing with the concept that it's only through the merits of what he has done versus now you can go to a priest, confess in a booth, and now you're, you know, you're absolved, mm -hmm. right, of your particular fault. You don't have to go to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we see that this is, in a sense, an attack because there's two ways to attack people, right? You can attack aggressively to destroy, and you can also attack by replacement mm -hmm. and say, well, I'm going to pretend to be you, and I'm going to take up every role you have, which is typically of the devil a very way that he would attack, which is to come in your place rather than right out in your face try to destroy you. So we got Matthew 24, Jesus is saying, hey, be careful, be careful, be careful. Abomination of, deno uh, denomination, abomination of desolation <laughs> in some denominations uh, will occur. <laughs> and you see this happening and he, yeah, there's a false Christ, false systems, the people are good people. Yeah, mm -hmm. we find it in Revelation 18, mm -hmm. there's a false Babylon, I mean, there's Babylon, and God's people are trapped in this system. Mm -hmm. And they're called and out. God calls his people out, yeah. Yeah? yeah? So then we go into Matthew 25, and it's like, hey, there's all this, the, the elect will be deceived, be careful, be careful, be careful, and then Matthew 25 bumps out, yeah? What's happening in Matthew 25, yeah? Uh, Go ahead. Spiritual realities here in Matthew 25. Yes. We're talking about in 24, all of the apocalypticism. In 25, Jesus essentially tells three stories and mm. he says, don't be like these people. These are the spiritual realities and this is how you spiritually prepare. You don't prepare by stockpiling food. You don't, well actually you prepare by stockpiling oil, but we'll, we'll get there with the, the Oh, like the, the lamp and the oil. I yeah, think it meant right like on. Middle Eastern oil in like barrels and stuff. Okay, no, well, no, no, you no. meant three stories. <laughs> these stories. What are these stories? There's one on the ten virgins. Yes. Okay, right. Second is on the talents. talents. And the third is? On sheep and the goats. The sheep and, and the serving goats. Serving those okay. who are in need. And okay. here's the interesting thing about yes, these sir. parables that Jesus, there's always two classes of people. Mm -hmm. And in these two classes. In each of, of these three stories. In each of these three oh, yes, parables. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you always have two classes of people. And every person who, when the master returns... Right. So clearly we're not talking to worldly people who are unbelievers. Right. Mm -hmm. We're talking to individuals who are servants of Christ. That's right. Who are worshipers and disciples. And he's recognizing that the danger for the disciple is not that he won't know that Jesus is coming, is that he won't be ready. Mm -hmm. And how will he not be ready? Because he doesn't have oil. Right. Because he's not using his talents and improving them for the master. And because he's neglecting the naked and the shut in and the prison and the sick mm -hmm. throughout his whole experience, thinking that, well, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. But you're not going to be prepared for these end time crises because you're not preparing the way that Christ has already foretold mm -hmm. that we're going to need to be prepared at okay. that time. Okay, okay. This is getting good. Um, so Matthew 24, be careful, be careful, be careful. Matthew 25, Jesus is coming, so get ready. Okay, let's get really ways. practical. How do we get ready? What do these well, uh, it, parables say? For, for the first story with yes. the, the virgins there, we're talking about people that are, are pure in faith. They're looking forward to the, the coming of the bridegroom, and they just don't have oil in their lamps. Mm. Um, that oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So how do you get more of the Holy Spirit? Well, as I understand it, you have to use the Holy Spirit 
that you have. The Bible says it's uh, Acts chapter 5, I believe it's verse 31, where it says that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him. How do we obey? It's the Holy Spirit working in my life to help me obey. Mm -hmm. So as I hear, as I yield, as I surrender, God continues to give me this this, this outpouring of His Spirit to strengthen Mm -hmm. me, Mm -hmm. and it fills my life. These people have been content with a profession of we're, we're, we're waiting for the bridegroom. Here we have our lamp, but there's nothing inside the they're lamp. Fake. Or they, yeah. They're fake. They're fake. They, they've burned up the oil. They don't have any reserves. It's a lack of a deep personal experience. Mm-hmm. That is the first lesson that Jesus mm-hmm. breaks down. Okay, lesson two in the talents. What are some practical elements? Kelly, what, 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 how can we prepare for the coming of Jesus? Well, in the parable of the talents, um, he's given, different people are given different talents to use for their master, and many of them do, um, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And they just like, well, I have this, but I'm just going to hide it, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to use it. And so we need to employ the gifts that God has given us. We need to use these talents um, to be a blessing to the world, to develop the things that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And even um, in the spiritual sense of the first parable, but also in the last part where Sebastian was mentioning, and to being a blessing to the world, those mm-hmm. who are shut-ins and sick and imprisoned and simply in need of the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. We need to employ our talents to be a blessing. So I like, I'm, I'm going to link these three answers. So we need the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us these talents. I'm going to use those talents. I'm going to use those talents on people yeah. who need those talents. Basically, yeah. Basically. Well, one, I just want to add another yes, thing. Yes, yes, yes. I wasn't disagreeing with you. No? Um, but in verse 12 <laughs> of in the verse 12, verse 12 of the, of first, the first parable, yeah, so he, they're banging on these doors, these people with that used up all their oil. Yes. But God says back to them in this parable, verse 12, but he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Mm-hmm. So in this aspect of, you know, having the Holy Spirit in our lives, developing our talents and serving those around us, the primary concern in all these ways is that we need to know Jesus, not just know about him, mm-hmm. not have these cool facts, um, but we need to actually have a meaningful relationship with him yeah. mm-hmm. because that will lead to the natural results of having the Holy Spirit, of developing our talents, not like, oh yeah, I need to develop my mm-hmm. talents, like what I'm supposed to do. But mm-hmm. I love God. I know him. It is a natural response. I love my neighbor because the love of Jesus is living in my heart. Mm-hmm. Which is actually we see later on in the, the parable of the, the sheep and goats. He's basically the same thing. I don't mm-hmm. really know you. Yeah, exactly. You guys really don't know mm-hmm. me. Yep. Uh, I'm really feeling convicted that I need to know Jesus now mm-hmm. to prepare for a second coming. Absolutely. That's really the Amen. core of what we're getting at. Amen. Hopefully that's your prayer. That's my prayer. Pray for all of you guys here. Thank you so much for watching with us and participating with us. Join us on social media, on, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other avenues that we have out there. We'll see you next week on this show of Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.